This is a show about getting better every single day. What's up, guys? I am super excited to have today's guest, Dana Kay, on the show. She is a board-certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner, and she's the CEO and founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute and also the creator of the ADHD Thrive Method for Kids program. And lastly, she's the author of Thriving with ADHD, a guide to naturally reducing ADHD systems, uh, symptoms in children. Dana, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you. This is a huge uh, epidemic, we could we could call it, uh, in the world right now. It's a huge problem. And so it's really nice to have an expert like yourself and also a mom who uh, yourself has faced some of these problems, right? Which I think is what probably led you to... Uh, being so curious and um, studious and, and and making this your path is my guess, but we'll definitely dive into that, right? For sure. Look, it is, a, it is an epidemic. Um, I think 6 million children in the USA today have been diagnosed with ADHD. And so um, that's a huge amount of kids. Um, yeah. And Honestly, my story is what actually got me here. Yeah. Uh, and I think, look, most people in this sort of uh, holistic health um, area, a lot of them have their own personal story that sort of drove them to get to where they are today. Right, right. Yeah. So on that note, I mean, um, before we jump into ADHD, and it was just so funny, I was telling you offline that uh, a guy I was on the phone with today was telling me about how he has ADHD and how this might have to talk to the deal with the gut. I go, just hang on and give me two hours. I'm going to be talking to somebody. So it, <laughs> it is an epidemic and it's, and it's really um, at the forefront, but yeah. How, how did you become so passionate with ADHD? Yeah, look, um, uh, believe it or not, I used to be nowhere close to this space. If any of my friends from uh, um, school, you ask them, who was the least likely to end up in like holistic health and nutrition? They would be like, Dana, that is who. <laughs> um, I was actually an accountant. So, <laughs> um, and look, I probably would have continued to be in that field if um, my concerns over my son's health hadn't grown as, as much as they did. Uh, and, you know, even from the age of two, I sort of felt that there was something something a little bit different from him. He had boundless energy, like would bounce off the walls and he would have meltdowns the size of Mount Everest. Uh, and, you know, it just seemed a lot stronger than other kids. And my gut told me that there was something going on. And But I, I'd ask the teachers, they'd be like, no, he's just a boy. I'd ask the doctor, no, he's just a boy. Uh, but eventually at the age of four, uh, things started to catch up. Um, his tantrums became more severe. He started to get a lot more hyperactive. And that's when the teachers started noticing the difference. And that's when he was diagnosed with ADHD. And we were immediately handed a prescription medication um, for an amphetamine medication. And honestly, between you and me, I actually remember feeling relieved with the diagnosis uh, and the medication, uh, thinking we were finally getting the help that we needed. Uh, but then the dose increased uh, and then we started to see some side effects and then the doctor prescribed another medication and we saw some more side effects and then he prescribed another medication. And by the time the doctor was handing me the fourth prescription, for my son, who was wow. now five, was already on three strong medications. He was handing me the fourth uh, because some new side effects popped up. Uh, that's when I sort of said, hold on, this doesn't seem right. And yeah. and that's, you know, when my career path completely changed. I went back to school, did my holistic health degree, model specific certifications in this particular area. And I really began to learn 
ADHD symptoms and a whole host of other symptoms that have nothing to do with ADHD, as I'm sure you've talked about many times on the podcast, can be reduced naturally. And I began to learn how food can affect so many aspects of our lives. Now, today, my son, he's thriving. He's in middle school. Uh, He's a teenager. He hasn't been on meds for years and he's thriving. Uh, We never get calls from the teachers anymore. Uh, But I think most importantly, he's happy and, and we're happy. And, you know, we've now got this, this peace and calm in our house. And once I learned how, this can change our lives. Uh, and once I saw the changes for myself, I really couldn't keep this information to myself. And I, I didn't want other parents to struggle like my family had. Uh, and so I've been lucky enough to be able to help close to a thousand other families now um, get to the same place as us, but just a little bit quicker with us and a little bit less stress. <laughs> less meds, quicker. Yeah. Less stress. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, thank yeah. God that you pursued that path because you wouldn't be able to share this gift with us today. So that's beautiful. You know, really quick before we kind of talk about, and I think you're very bullish on, you know, food first approach before Mm. anything, you know, before thinking supplements or medications or neurofeedback or whatever is out there. I think your approach is food first. But before we even go there, I'm just curious, like what are some of maybe like the root causes of ADHD that you think that are like, are like the biggest ones? There are so many out there and it really is um, uh, so different uh, for every kid, but I kind of like to look at it. In my opinion, the biggest cause is inflammation. Mm. And, you know, uh, I like to think of it kind of like a bucket. You know, we're all we're all born with this metaphorical bucket and our goal through life is to keep that bucket empty. And, um, you know, some of us are really lucky. We've got optimised detoxification pathways. Our genes are really like spot on and we can empty that bucket out of our body. You know, but other people, they don't have these great genetics and uh, their their detoxification pathways are compromised. So over the years, you know, you've got toxin exposure, you've got a bad diet, you've got medication, you've got heavy metals, and they all go into that bucket and the bucket fills up and fills up and fills up until such time it gets so full that it tips over into our body and symptoms start. So really it's trying to find what is causing that inflammation. And it's usually a multiple of things. It's usually all the things that I just said can fill up your bucket. Uh, And, you know, just like with my son, he started with his bucket probably already a little bit full. Uh, He was induced early. He was on medications as soon as he was born. He had premature lung disease, went to the NICU. And so, you know, his bucket started a little bit full and he has those genetics where his detoxification pathways aren't optimized um, and it just filled up and filled up and filled up until such time it, you know, poured over into his body. And that's when we all started to see those symptoms. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was just at a conference recently and we were talking about just glyphosate being a Mm -hmm. huge problem and there's a huge correlation with, um, you know, autism and glyphosate at the, the onset of uh, glyphosate, uh, you know, the introduction of that into our food system and then autism. So there's not, and, and listen, there's probably a lot of other contributors of autism, but that was just a very interesting parallel that was made. So yeah. Um, so many things we, we, we really don't know, but, and you got to start emptying that bucket, um, and, and just kind of seeing what is going to get the results. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, that's what, what what I really teach families is how do we actually keep that bucket load low? Uh, how do we optimize those detoxification pathways so we can dump it out of our body and get it all floating around in there? And glyphosate and or non-organic food is one of those big factors. Um, it's obviously not 
just the only factor, but it's definitely a big contributor. Yeah. Okay. Awesome stuff. And okay. So why food first? Why is that the food first approach? And why are you so uh, bullish on that? Uh, like, honestly, I think that this needs to be shared from the rooftops because, you know, when children are diagnosed with ADHD, the first course of treatment that most doctors suggest is medication. And many of them don't tell parents that altering the diet can significantly reduce ADHD symptoms. And I will say not just kids, it's also adults, you know, this is adults, children, and everyone in between. Um, And that's what happened with my son when he was diagnosed, our doctor didn't mention any other course of treatment. The only thing that he was told, or we were told was about medication. And for us, it didn't do very good. It did more harm than good. And honestly, I'm not against medication. There's a time and place for it, but to constantly be increasing the dose and fighting symptoms with new medications is completely wrong. And so, you know, when I started learning about the effects on gut health, as you mentioned earlier, we can definitely dive into that uh, on ADHD symptoms and, you know, how when we heal the gut that ADHD symptoms are reduced or sometimes even removed completely. Mm. Um, I just realize that, you know, it doesn't have to be a medicine first approach. It should be a food first approach. If parents want to reduce ADHD symptoms in their children, they need to do much more than give them a supplement or a pill, as you said. Supplements can be really effective and so can medication. But if our children continue to eat processed inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, and soy, those ADHD symptoms are not going to go away because the foods that they are eating are not only exacerbating symptoms but breaking down the gut. Uh, and, you know, I'll talk a bit about the gut-brain connection. So food first to me means that rather than trying to find a magical pill that's going to fix a child or an adult, we clean up their diet instead. And in doing this, we reduce inflammation and then the symptoms start to reduce because we're getting to the bottom of what's causing these symptoms in the first place. And I often like to think of it like this. When you're building a house, a solid foundation is not optional. It's a necessity. And if you don't have a solid foundation, that house is not going to be very strong. And it's the same way with us. Diet is our foundation. And if our diet is poor, we can never function at our best. Okay. Awesome. You just mentioned, I think, three foods. It was a dairy, gluten, and soy. Soy. Or I wanted yep. to ask you, are those then, what are the worst foods for kids with ADHD? Are those? Yeah, gluten, dairy, and soy. Okay. Uh, plus a few others, you know, yeah. look, artificial flavors, artificial yeah. colors. There's lots of studies out there to support it. You know, and also like, you know, refined sugar. Uh, we want to really focus on natural sugars. Um, and there's a number of reasons. And I think gluten is probably the biggest for me. Uh, and I find is the most effective for families that we're working with. Uh, It's the number one food I recommend all children, uh, actually all people, (laughs) cut out of their diet uh, because it's so inflammatory. Um, Just plain and simple, no one should be eating it. And that's because gluten triggers increased intestinal permeability in everyone. Um, and I'll go about what that means in a second. But yeah, even those I, that don't... You can dive right into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, even those that don't show an allergic response to it. So it basically refers to the breakdown of the intestinal walls. And when functioning properly, the walls of the intestine form this barrier and they allow water and nutrients to pass through, but blocking other things from entering the bloodstream. So when a person has increased intestinal permeability, that can lead to something called leaky gut, which means basically that the tight junctions in the gut that are supposed to control what passes through the lining of the intestines aren't doing their job very effectively. And they're allowing these toxins and this glyphosate and other harmful substances to enter the bloodstream that aren't supposed to be there. Now, what do you imagine happens when these toxic substances enter the bloodstream? You know, if you're thinking that the body fights them off and tries to get rid of them, you're correct. So when something enters the bloodstream, that isn't supposed to be there, it triggers an inflammatory response as the body seeks to rectify it. Now, gluten leads to increased intestinal permeability, which leads to leaky gut, which leads to inflammation, which leads to symptoms like brain fog, inattention, stomach aches, constipation, anger issues, wheezing. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I think everything can be connected to leaky gut. Um, But a lot of those symptoms I just mentioned sound like ADHD and that's because they are. So by cutting out gluten, uh, caregivers of children with ADHD are removing one food that significantly contributes to inflammation in the body. And in my experience, if we remove gluten along with those other foods that I mentioned uh, and start focusing on what to put in rather than what to just take out, then, uh, you know, families find that those ADHD symptoms significantly uh, diminish or sometimes even disappear. Great. You you take now gluten or dairy away from a kid who's been having that forever. Yeah, now you've got you know raging going on in the house. So, what do you any recommendations or how can parents kind of make that transition a little bit easier? Yeah, look, it it is it's 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 hard for everyone. I think you know it's not just going to be hard for children. It's extra hard with children because. You know, the amount of CRAP out in the world today is like full on. Um, they're at school and the teachers are giving them candy. Uh, yeah. And so, we you know. You were just at church uh, last Sunday and the church gave our kid candy and he showed us. He didn't have any because he knows better. But I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, why are they giving you Whoppers? This is crazy. Anyway. I know. It, it really is. I mean, we should be actually teaching our children that we reward them not with food. <laughs> you know, with there's something different. And so, um, look, there are a number of challenges of changing the way families eat and and um, challenges are different for every family. For me, it was actually that I tried to change everything on day one. Uh, and that is definitely not the approach that I teach <laughs> in my program. Yeah. Um, I always tell families Rome wasn't built in a day and and transforming a family's diet won't be complete in a day either you know it's not a race it's a marathon and it's okay to take it slowly Uh, it's okay to take one step at a time and if the pace that's doable for the listeners out there is one change a week or one change every two weeks then that is perfectly okay so everyone needs to give themselves sort of permission to take things slow. It's not a diet. Uh, You know, it's not a phase. It's a permanent lifestyle change. And when you make it part of your lifestyle, it really does become second nature. And then changes don't seem as overwhelming. 
Now, there is always going to be a, a kick up from kids of like, I want that donut. But, you know, when you go slowly, you're not only doing it, making it easier for you, you're taking them on the journey to learn about how these foods actually affect their body. Um, and we could go, you know, I've got so many tips up my sleeves about birthday yeah. parties and restaurants and all of that stuff. Um, and so definitely happy to share more resources if family needs it. Family yeah. needs it. Yeah, great stuff. And, you know, and I'm sure you found the same. I mean, in our household, we've made some huge, I have an older, I have my oldest is eight and my youngest is five. And I mean, there's, my wife uses only organic and like just really good sugars or ingredients. And honestly, you can't even tell the difference. Like, I mean, you can't. With, with, with the good stuff. So I, I think yeah. when you start, like you said, educating the kids, like, look, it tastes just as good. They don't, they don't know the difference. No, they don't. And then you do one at a time and then they're not missing everything all at once. And then, you know, actually when they go to have the other stuff, it actually doesn't taste any nice because their body right. started to heal. Their, their yeah. taste buds have expanded. You'd be surprised. Like picky eating is a common obstacle yeah. that we come across. But uh, I can tell you I haven't come across a picky eater that I haven't been able to help. When you reduce inflammation in the body, the palate opens up and they actually start enjoying foods, which is yeah really hard for parents to sort of wrap their head around. Uh, I can tell you I had one family, the kid ate five foods when they started with me. They'd done a year of feeding therapy and play therapy and got nowhere. They came to me, uh, went through my program. This kid now eats over 200 different foods. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing. My eight-year-old, he will even, will every now and then let him try certain foods and he'll be like, this tastes like it has artificial flavors. I'm like, it does, you know, but oh, it's just funny. My gosh. That's how like, you know, wired he's wired to actually like be able to taste, like you said, the taste buds change. He's yep. actually on the other spectrum where he can taste the artificialness and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, you know, my kid, my oldest actually, you know, I face some of the same issues with him, believe it or not, uh, growing up. Um, and it's interesting what you said is that some kids come into the world with already this toxic burden. And I, I tell this story a lot about not that often, but when he was four, I had an organic acids test ran on his mm-hmm. gut. And guess what? Yep. He had Clostridium difficile. He had mm-hmm. um, he had Candida yeast overgrowth. And mm-hmm. he had, when I ran a heavy metal test, he had heavy metals. And people are yes. saying, how is that possible, Joel? He's only four. But, you know, I'm curious, you know, for you with your expertise, like what labs, you know, people are doing all these things. They're checking off the boxes that you're talking mm-hmm. about and they're still not getting any really good results. Would you recommend at some point, hey, you may want to look at running some functional medicine labs or something like that. What, what would be yeah. the top one or three? I don't know. Yeah, I've got the top four and organic acid is definitely one yeah. of those. So um, you definitely sparked my uh, my ears there. And I love that you ran that for him. And, you know, a C. diff is like usually is actually really, really common. But um, what happens when you've actually got C. diff, it, it, it inhibits an enzyme called dopamine beta hydroxylase, which leads to a derangement in the neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine and epinephrine and so the conversion of 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 dopamine to norepinephrine and epinephrine and these are all of our things our hormones that regulate our emotions and maintain our mood and our cognitive function and so you know to find that is like when I see that I'm like yes that's so exciting (laughs) because we know that we can help that kid and we can help them actually their mood get better Um, but you know another one that we do is a stool test I talked about the gut. I haven't actually talked about the gut-brain connection, but it is massive, especially when you've got kids that have got these challenges. And 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 that's because 80% of the body's entire immune system is within the gut 
walls along with billions of nerve cells and extensive amount of beneficial bacteria. So all of our children's health and our health, obviously, is quite literally connected to everything that occurs in the gut. Now, um, I just want to tie gut health to brain health. And what that means in essence is that our brains are deeply connected to our guts. And if our guts aren't functioning well, our brains won't be able to function well either. Now, um, uh, and that's because the main area that is involved in gut function is the frontal lobe and the frontal lobe are involved in things like attention and focus and executive function and planning and organizing and problem solving, which are all areas that children or adults have problems with when they've got ADHD. Now, uh, the, the thing is that, you know, people think because the frontal lobe is in the brain. It's what the brain needs care, but in essence, it's actually the gut. Now, the other thing, and I think this is the most important for the kids, look, emotional dysregulation is a common symptom of, of ADHD. Um, many, many parents don't realize that the emotional dysregulation actually starts in the gut where the serotonin and the dopamine are made. 95% of serotonin and 50% of dopamine are made in the gut. And so, as I said, these are the neurotransmitters that manage our emotions, they balance our mood, and they help our cognitive functions. So, you know, what we do is we look at the gut with the stool test. We see what is going on in there. You know, are there parasites? Is there C. diff? Is there bacterial overgrowth? Is there leaky gut? Uh, you know, what's what's the di digestion like? Is there a reaction to gluten? All of that stuff. So we can really help the gut so we can make that brain function well. Uh, the next test that we do is a food sensitivity panel. Now, they're not all created equal. So one that you can just buy online is, is not going to be one that's probably going to get you to where you need to go. Uh, and so really make sure you look for the gold standard um, tests out there. I use Vibrant Wellness. They, they test the food down to the peptide level of the food. Uh, and so the body, so you're looking basically to see the inflammatory reactions in the body to certain food. You can't heal the gut unless you take out the foods that are causing the inflammation because it's like this vicious cycle. Something created leaky gut. Then leaky gut creates food sensitivities and then food sensitivities because they're causing inflammation every time you eat them, it further breaks down the lining of the gut. So you have to take that those foods out while you heal the gut. But mm. then they're not true allergies, so you can eventually add them back in once you heal that gut. The third test, which you mentioned earlier, is the organic acid test. It's one of my favorite. It has over 70 different important markers in the whole body and how it's functioning. Uh, it can show you the need for specific nutrients like B vitamins, which are really important for our compromised kids, uh, diet modification, so issues with things like salicylates and oxalates, uh, which are chemical compounds found in some of the most healthiest foods. Uh, it looks at your detoxification pathways. So, so I can't even see it. Salicylates, yes. That's on strawberries, right? Yeah, look, berries, yeah. Yeah. almonds, lots of things that are super healthy, apples. Uh, and so yeah. you can have an overload of those. But usually, and, and this is where some practitioners get organic acids wrong, is that there is a reason that you've got an overload of salicylates. It's not necessarily just because of the diet. <laughs> not because it's you ate too many strawberries? Exactly. Okay. It's usually because of dysfunction in the gut. So yeah. uh, as, like oxalates, um, yeast overgrowth and mold exposure can cause elevated levels of oxalates. And usually that's what you see in an organic acid test. So we don't yeah. generally reduce the oxalates via food. We actually heal the gut and generally they fall back into place. So yeah. that's a good Love thing. That. 
Yeah. Um, it also looks at neurotransmitters, yeast, mold, all of the bacterial overgrowth. So that's a really, really good one. It's a urine test. And look, I work with families all across the US. I actually, I live in Seattle. I know I don't sound like it, but <laughs> I do. I don't know um, where you're originally from. I'm from Australia. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, and yeah, from Sydney. Um, and my sister actually just arrived two hours ago from Beautiful. Australia to our house uh, to visit. Amazing. So I'm super excited. You're still that. doing this. You're amazing. I am. Yes. Uh, and then the final test is something called a cryptopyrrole test. Uh, pyrroles are a normal chemical byproduct in the body and they attach to vitamin B6 and zinc and draw these elements out of the body when they're excreted through the urine. And so if someone has these elevated cryptopyrrole levels, it can result in a dramatic deficiency of zinc and B6. And it's frequently identified in behavioral disorders, depression, ADHD, violent behavior, schizophrenia, uh, and symptoms include things like poor tolerance to physical or emotional stress, poor anger control, mood swings, poor short-term memory, uh, sensitivity to light and sound, tactile sensitivities, and a lot of those are symptoms of ADHD as well. And so that's a really, really important test that a lot of a lot of people miss but is critical. I'd say probably about 60% of the kids that I test have elevated cryptopyrrole levels, so it's quite common. Wow. I've never yeah. even heard of that test. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So they're the top four. I do a lot of others, but they're yeah. the top four that I do as a base. And then, you know, if we need to go further, we can. Yeah. Very neat. Um, you know, I know we mentioned supplements earlier, but if you had to just kind of give a maybe one to five supplements, do you kind of yeah. have like a list of like what you would tell parents? Like, hey, these yeah. are probably the top five you should probably start with. Definitely. One thing to keep in mind, you know, supplements are obviously bio-individual, meaning that every kid is unique. Um, and so what works really well uh, uh, for one child might show little effect or for another. Uh, that being said, there are definitely supplements that I do recommend um, for children with ADHD. And that first one is a good quality fish oil, omega-3 uh, fatty acids. There are lots of research studies out there that fish oil, you know, can support hyperactivity, memory, clear thinking, behavioral disorders, organizational skills. Uh, the next one is a good quality probiotic. Uh, and that's because of that gut-brain connection. And look, not all probiotics are created equal. A lot of them can't survive digestion I really like to use a spore-based uh, probiotic that it can actually reseed the gut rather than just like taking it, goes out, comes out at the back end. Yeah. Um, you know, because there are definitely, you know, that gut-brain connection. I mean, I don't even need to go any further than that. Yeah. Uh, the next one is magnesium. And many parents find that magnesium makes a surprising difference to their kids' anxiety, depression, aids in sleep, also helps with hyperactivity. And there's a, a research studies that suggest that children with ADHD and anxiety often have low magnesium levels. And so using a supplement can definitely have great um, effect, but mostly for everyone as well. It's used yeah. for over 300 biochemical processes in the body. And so most Americans are deficient. So using magnesium can definitely benefit. For and kids then, with ADHD, and I know this is just general, but what yeah. form do you like? Do you like glycinate, threonate? What do you, what do you typically I do like, like threonate. Um, threonate or glycinate are my two favorite. If someone's got constipation, I'll use um, citrate uh, because that will help get the bowels moving. Um, but I do like threonate because it crosses the blood brain barrier. 
uh, and I've actually just come out with my own version of three and eight because Very I think cool. that is really good for helping the mind, the brain. If it crosses the blood-brain barrier, you know, that's that's all the benefit. Um, yeah. But definitely glycinate can also be helpful as well. Okay. Um, and then the final one I like is, is vitamin D. And yeah. we all know where we get that from. Maybe we don't know, but the best way to get it is go outside and and get some from sunlight. But, you know, that's not always possible. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it can really, really work wonders for kids with ADHD and anxiety and everyone pretty much, especially when taken with omega-3 fatty acids. Um, I can tell you here in Seattle, uh, the sun only shines about six you know, weeks of the year in summer. It's amazing. So if you're ever going to come to Seattle, come in summer. But um, as I'm looking out now, it's very cloudy and there's, there can be a lot of rain. Uh, yeah. And so my kids do take a vitamin D supplement um, year round. So they're my top four, I'd say. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I know we're kind of at the top of the hour and I know we have we both have some hard deadlines, so I want to wrap things up. But um, and I do want to ask you actually some lightning round questions, um, if you don't mind. But yeah. before I go there, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Um, no, just maybe a little bit about my new book that's just come out. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to ask if there's any exciting projects that you're working on. That was going to be one of my questions. So, but yeah, let's talk about the book. Yeah, look, um, honestly, yeah, um, it's really exciting. It launched maybe maybe three months ago. Uh, it's called Thriving with ADHD and it's really a guide to naturally reducing ADHD symptoms in the listener's children if they have them. Um, you know, years ago I wanted a book uh, on ADHD that would clearly spell out exactly what I needed to do with my son to support him naturally, but I could never find it and I was constantly Googling for something, you know, anything that was going to help and every time I look I struck out over and over again and so there was just no book out there. And there's a, there's a novelist, Tony Morrison, and he said that if you find a book you really want to read but it hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. So that's what I did. <laughs> um, and I, I can still hardly believe it's actually an international bestseller and it, in multiple categories, including children's health, which was a really important one for me um, that we got. And, um, you know, it's, it's not just it's different from those out, others out there because, you know, not only am I a practitioner but I'm also a mum who gets yeah. it, who knows the pain and suffering that you can go through, your whole family can go through when you have a child that's struggling. And, you know, I share my story and I'm really open and honest and vulnerable in it because, you know, parents out there really need to understand that they're not alone. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And anybody that's listening, I got to say, like, this is the first time we've got to connect, but I mean, I can tell you are the real deal and, um, you know, you can, I, I can tell you walk the walk, you talk the talk. And, uh, if I, if I had, if my son had these symptoms, I would definitely, uh, you'd be my first choice. So Aww, thank really, you. really great. Just learning all this information. I mean, you, even some of those tests I never even heard of. So you blew my mind. So, um, thank you. Beautiful stuff. Um, let's jump into some lightning crash, uh, lightning round questions and we'll, do, Ooh, we'll wrap this it up. Is, this is interesting. I've never done lightning round questions, so I'm excited. They, they don't need to be really fast answers, but just, they're just okay. a little bit more. Yeah. Do I have to have a buzzer or something like that? If you can though, if you want, um, <laughs> I'm curious, any, you know, are there any choices that you made in your life that you think made you who you are today? Or is there like a choice or were there some choices that you made that you really think made you who you are today? 
Yeah, I think trusting my gut with my son and going against the grain because, you know, if I really listened to the professionals, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I wouldn't be, I would, my son wouldn't be thriving the way that he is now. And I, w- I really shudder to think where we would, we would be at. Like, you know, I, mm. my marriage was on the brink of divorce. Um, uh, you know, my life was miserable, um, but I trusted my gut and I went against the grain and, you know, it was the right choice for us. Yeah, love that. You know, you are doing so much in the health and wellness world. I'm curious, who inspires you? Or is there anybody in the health and wellness world that you follow that? that... There is a lot out there. Um, uh, You know, Mark Hyman obviously is out there. Dr. Axe is out there. They're all the famous ones. Um, I just do me, you know, and I know that there are going to be people out there that disagree with it and that's okay. Um, You know, if you don't, like it what you hear just see you later uh and you know there i i just love people that are standing up for what they believe in and you know all of that's inspiration um everyone out there that is actually trying to go against the grain for me is inspiration and you know it was those people that actually like made me go yeah I actually need to go against the grain, um, mm. what you're doing in going against the grain and and everyone out there so uh, not just one inspiration there's many yeah, beautiful. I'm a big, a big reader. And other than your amazing book, Thriving with ADHD, are there any like top like one to three books that uh, jump out at you or that you would just say you should go out and read these books because they had a huge impact on my life? Yeah, look, um, honestly, between you and me, I do not have a lot of time to read, but not I will anymore, say, yeah. yeah, I will yeah. say that, um, you know, Dr. Ben Lynch's Dirty Jeans book was was a great book. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Walsh, Nutrient Power, um, and these are these are these are books that inspired you know, me, my business, um, not business, but more health related. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I refer to and use a lot in, in my, in my practice. So I'd say that those two are the, the biggest things. So if you've got challenges with, you know, mood, um, doesn't have to be for kids. Um, both of those books are a great read, uh, to really make you understand the other things out there that can be contributing to symptoms. Awesome. Last two questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Are any rituals or hacks or practices that you do on a regular basis? Uh, My last guest said he had no rituals, so I'm fine with that if, if that's you. Yeah. Yeah, that's look. I just work too hard. <laughs> um uh, and it and yeah. kind of you know what? Like everyone says to me like Donna, you need a you need a hobby and I'm like my business is my hobby. Yeah. It's my passion. Like honestly between you and me I never had any desire to change other people's lives or change the world or anything like that. But I like, I now do and I do it and I do it on a daily basis and it drives me so much. And I am excited to wake up every morning and get to work. I am wanting to continue through the nighttime. And that is what drives me. That is my ritual because that's what calms me. That's what inspires me. That's what drives me. Uh, and yeah, I would say that. And I know that's a bit of a cop out, but I have no, to no, say no. if you asked anyone, that's they probably say that I work too much and it's not because <laughs> I'm a workaholic. It's because I actually, I just love every minute of every day in what I do to help families. Yeah, you're speaking my language. Donna, last but not least, where can people find you in all your good work? 
Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, my website is adhdthriveinstitute.com. Uh, I am on Instagram at ADHD Thrive Institute. I'm on Facebook, ADHD Thrive Institute. Uh, and so you can find me on all of those and other social media platforms, even TikTok, even though I don't love being on there, but I was forced to go on there. I do prefer Instagram, um, but I am on that one as well. Beautiful. Donna Kay, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me.